This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's head to the U.S. Capitol now and check in with our friend Reggie Cicchini, who is a global national reporter and producer in D.C. Hey, Reggie. Good morning. So where to begin? Where do we start? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a choose your adventure of potentially bad stories across the U.S. right now. What's your, what's your big headline sitting at your desk right now? Well, you know what? I would say the biggest headline right now uh, is is probably what's going on on the markets, and yeah. it's simply because there are so many people, not only across the U.S., across Canada, and across the world that have Im- been impacted by this, and it all started overnight when markets across Asia and throughout Europe uh, were essentially tanking on, on fears that this coronavirus is going to become some uh, bigger global pandemic, and it's really putting pressure on, on the U.S., and as you heard during the news there, you know, we at one point today were under a 1,000 points. We've rebounded slightly slightly into the minus 900s, but there is some serious investor worry right now based on what's going on with this global health crisis. Right, a slowing economy given the fact that people start traveling less, perhaps not buying as much, maybe saving and stockpiling their money to be careful about any future issues with this. Like the, the fear piece is real, even as those fears are being somewhat mitigated by scientists who are saying this is not as bad as it could have been. This is not as bad as what we saw with SARS that a, that a large piece of the puzzle here, the people that are testing positive for COVID-19 are recovering after suffering the symptoms. Certainly those with compromised immune systems uh, are, are not necessarily able to recover from pneumonia or worse, but it's it's fascinating. Once you, you start talking about, you know, shops closing in Milan and art galleries closing there and Milan Fashion Week being put on hold or the fashion shows will go on, but there will be no audience and everything will be live streamed. I mean, I think that those all just took things certainly in the Western world to the next level. Of course it does, and it, it brings a realness of this illness closer to home, or at least closer to people who may not have been impacted by this just as of yet. But when we're looking at, you know, in terms of numbers here, sure, science is saying that it may not be uh, as bad as it could have been, but there's also that unknown factor as to what happens down the line. Could there potentially be any kind of fallout to the things that we're not catching right now or the things that we're not seeing? And that's why we're seeing this kind of drop in the markets. We're seeing travel-related industries, the airline industry, the hotel industry, the restaurant industry being impacted by this with their numbers being brought down. Investors running to the safety of things like gold because they're just worried about what is going to happen uh, on this kind of global market. I mean, look, China is at the epicenter of this right now. Their GDP is 16%. Back during SARS, they were only 6% of the global uh, domestic output here. So it's a massive uh, country with a massive market that's been essentially shut down. And that's what's creating all of this kind of jitter on the markets. Yeah. Let's talk about what was happening politically in the U.S. over the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, this was a big moment for Bernie Sanders in Nevada. This was a win that he was anticipated to get, but I don't think anyone anticipated that it would be as big of a win for him or at least as big of a loss for those running in the middle. Bernie Sanders walking away with more than 40% of that Nevada caucus vote, picking up another uh, couple of handfuls of delegates sitting at over 40 right now. Uh, but essentially what it does is puts pressure on those running in the middle. Joe Biden, Amy, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, they're all siphoning off each other's voters right now. And because of that, there's just no room for them to gain momentum. So at at some point, somebody in the middle is going to have to drop out. And that's the only way you're going to give somebody else an opportunity to try and overtake Bernie Sanders. So question for you, and pardon me if it's a silly question, I really... there's nothing to say that if you drop out of the, uh, the the Democratic nominee race that you couldn't ultimately become 
the other piece of a ticket with somebody who does win the nomination, right? That's that's true. You 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 can. Nothing says just because you've dropped out that you say couldn't be tapped to be somebody's vice president. But it also the way that the U.S. election works, you have to build up delegates, and if you don't have the maximum number of delegates needed by the time the convention where you choose the nominee takes place in the summertime, it goes to what's called a brokered convention, and it literally anybody could be nominated at that point if they can get the delegates. So you could drop out of the race right now, and if nobody has enough delegates by the summertime, re-enter the race and maybe be a fan favorite. So there's a lot of moving parts and unknowns as to what's going to happen right now. But for the moment, everyone is simply staring at Bernie, uh, staring rather at Bernie Sanders and his ability to, at the very beginning of this, run away with all of the votes. And what of this intel that said Vladimir Putin, the Russians, they meddled in 2016 and they are continuing to do so in 2020 and people trying to draw a direct line to this surge in support for Bernie Sanders, at least from an online perspective that might be associated with bots or uh, Russian interference. Is that all just rumor mill fodder? Well, there there are conversations that are ongoing that there is uh, an ongoing and current a bit of Russian interference in the election. And I mean, this was something that was anticipated. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a big deal in 2016. Bernie Sanders says he was notified about this almost a month ago, but didn't come forward uh, until the Washington Post had put their story out late last week. Uh, the president is said to have been uh, in communication with uh, national intelligence people to say that, yes, Russian interference is uh, is taking place. I think what's important to note here is that Congress was had the ability to kind of counteract this and be able to put election security measures in place. And the bill has essentially failed or been sitting on the desk of Mitch McConnell, and they haven't taken up that opportunity to deal with election security measures right now because there's a fear that it could potentially work its way to the president who might perceive it wrong. So it's been sitting there. So Russian interference is a thing right now, and the U.S. Congress is essentially stalled in being able to fight it. Oh, Reggie. So wait a minute. Can I I need this in layman's terms? They they know that it happened in 2016. They they know that it's likely happening now in the lead up to 2020. And it's sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk right now and nobody's doing anything about it because they don't want the president to be upset. That, 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 that is a big part of it right now. Democrats have been saying we put the bill through the House. We have the bill that's been waiting for your uh, signature in the Senate to be able to pass this off. And the Senate simply won't bring it up. They're not entertaining any bills that are being moved forward by the Democrats. Uh, and, and you know, this is a party that says this is the do-nothing Democrats, but at the end of the day, this is a do-nothing Senate that's been controlled by the Republicans that is actively working to ensure that the, you know, safety of elections is not being upheld. So Russians inter- uh, Russian interference in the elections right now, maybe it wouldn't be fully stopped, but it, it could at least potentially be uh, kind of, you know, curtailed or, or slowed down if this bill was allowed to move its way through. Insert my mind-blown emoji into that part of this conversation. Reggie, I want to ask you one more thing. Where do we go now that we've got Nevada in the books? What's next? We have South Carolina, which is going to uh, be a big moment for Joe Biden on Saturday. He's put all of his eggs into that one basket, saying he's the one who can take a diverse vote and bring it to a kind of a fruition and a win for him. There's a debate tomorrow night. We'll see how he does in that. The thing is, Joe Biden going into Saturday's uh, South Carolina primary, he was leading the the African-American vote with almost 50, 60, 70 percent. That's been whittled down to almost 30 percent with Bernie Sanders now starting to erode some of that support. So if Joe Biden can't get a win in South Carolina, that will be his fourth loss in a row. And it's hard to see how he's able to move forward going into those delegate heavy rich states on Super Tuesday. So there's the debate is on Tuesday. 
the debate is this uh, is tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, sorry. And then it gives them an opportunity to kind of get that last minute, get the vote out message. And then the primary takes place in South Carolina, the big one, before we head into that massive day of Super Tuesday. Same group on stage as the last M debate. Are we going to see Mike Bloomberg there again? Mike Bloomberg is expected to be there. The only ones who won't be likely are Tom Steyer and Tulsi Gabbard, not qualifying for the debates, but still in the race. And if you're looking actually uh, at South Carolina, Tom Steyer, oddly enough, is polling third throughout that state, which goes to show you, you may not have any name recognition, but money can buy you a long way. Wow. You've covered the gamut for us today, Reggie. Happy Monday to you. Thank you. (laughs) Reggie Cicchini, our global national Washington, D.C. reporter, producer, always makes himself available to give us all the updates. Uh, I owe you one, pal. Thanks for that.